was there anything like more political we wanted to talk about or do we want to talk about some chilo kind of shit uh i'm good going whatever direction if you got something to say well i maybe wanted to talk a little bit about um like the my big musical interest at the moment which is over like the last few days i've been listening to a lot of beach boys nice nice and yeah, it's not surprising in some ways because they're obviously of the kind of era that I like. And uh, indeed, the albums that I've been focusing on are mainly ones from really the era that I really like. You know, the uh, 1970 to 73 is kind of like the run that I'm really into at the moment. But I've been listening to kind of stuff on either side of that as well. And I like watched a couple of documentaries about them. Um, yeah, pretty great bands. Do you listen to any Beach Boys? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Pet Sounds is still one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, Pet Sounds is just fucking amazing, man. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm 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 not as biographically like versed in them. Mm, yeah, well, the uh, biography is really interesting, actually. Very like I watched that one movie a few years back with about Brian Wilson. What was it? Um, oh, Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy, yeah, that's pretty much all I know about the Beach Boys outside their music. So, you know, like, the broad strokes, like, he had mental issues when he was, like, trying to push the band to new artistic heights. Yeah, uh, and then and his manager sort of taking advantage of him, Yeah, right? it was his psychiatrist, who was also his manager, and in yeah. fact kind of ran every, like, single aspect of his life. Right. Uh, in these two, there were these two kind of periods that Eugene Landy was in charge of uh, every bit of Brian Wilson. Like there was what there was one in the seventies, which I think kind of burned Brian out, and he kind of went back to doing drugs and stuff for a bit. And then he uh, got uh, Landy back in the eighties when he'd hit another real low, uh, and then eventually like got a restraining order and shit because it just became too unbearable. Um, Mm. I, I I've been reading a biography of Brian Wilson, and um, apparently one of the things in in their original run in the seventies that Landy would do was that if Brian uh, was good and did his work, then he would be allowed to smoke precisely one joint per day. <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, a guy who like kind of lived like. You know, Brian Wilson did not necessarily live like the average rock star, but in that he had access to as much drugs as he wanted, you know, then, yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, definitely a change. And, and you know, a lot of the story is really kind of sad. Like, it's fantastically talented guy, Brian Wilson, getting so burned out, you know, in such a short period yeah. of time. I mean, the, the, there's more to the Beach Boys than just, like, the surfing hits and pet sounds, you know, but like, right. When I look at the stuff I actually like, it's all within like 66 is pet sounds. And, and then like the last album of theirs that I really like is Holland in 1973, uh, which maybe I'll talk about a bit more. And like, that is a really quite short amount of time. Um, yeah, it's like seven years. I was thinking, I haven't actually listened to, uh, I forget what it's called, they, the Beach Boys Today, they did like 
uh, an album in 65, Beach Boys Today, that's supposed to be like not quite kind of Pet Sounds level, but definitely they're moving aside for like, we're going surfing in our car. <laughs> like, although um, then the record label were like, we need you to do another album of songs about surfing and cars and so forth. So sure enough, there was another Beach Boys studio album that year. Uh, I think they may have even done three albums in 1975 because they did one called The Beach Boys Party, which is just like a fake live album. It's like them pissing around in the studio, like pretend just like talking over the songs and shit. <laughs> like, I can't can't imagine why um, anyone would want to listen to that. Yeah, Uh, there's like some uh, <laughs> I've been looking at Beach Boys podcasts and um, one of them was like it had an episode called like reconstructing the Beach Boys lost humor album and I can't imagine anything fucking worse than like a Beach Boys comedy album like I love Brian Wilson <laughs> obviously Brian Wilson is like a, a harmonically is reaching heights that nobody else in what can be broadly defined as rock music was at that time uh, a genius in how he weaves melodies and harmony but <laughs> a, a childlike <laughs> mind in many regards <laughs> and uh, this yes lends a kind of beautiful endearing naivete to a lot of his songs but <laughs> once you are a person of uh who is not a child uh, then some of his <laughs> sense of humor can maybe be slightly alienating so yeah i wouldn't really necessarily love a whole uh, album of like comedy songs by the beach boys i guess the closest thing is um the beach boys love you which is from outside the run that I consider uh, enjoyable by my personal estimation, but is considered their last great album by many. Um, and it's like almost entirely uh, like played and written by Brian Wilson, although the others uh, sing a lot of the lead vocals on it. It's a band, it's pretty much a band effort only vocally. And that album is so weird. It's like, I mean, musically, I kind of like it. He's like playing a load of synths on it, which I mean, kind of interesting. But it's yeah, it's got this like bouncy, childlike kind of feel to it. And and, and the childlike thing at times is kind of cute. Like there's this song about Johnny Carson that I think is kind of funny, which is just like he's like, Johnny Carson, he presents a TV show. <laughs> he's always got the <laughs> gags when the guests are shit like no i mean it's it not for not verbatim when guests are boring he fills up the slack johnny carson the network makes him break his back
Um, some of the tracks are just too much in that direction. There's one called... I'm just getting it up now. Like, there's one song called I Wanna Pick You Up, which I'll just read a little bit from its Wikipedia. According to Brian Wilson, the song is an example of how he worked specifically at getting the lyrics right for the Love You album. Now, okay, so with that in mind, like, listen to the, like, this summation of the song. He explained that the song is about a man who considers this chick a baby. She's too big to pick up, of course, but she wants, but he wants to. He wants to pretend she's like a small, she's small like a baby. He wants, he really wants to pick her up. Biographer Peter Ames Carlin wrote that the song concerns an object of desire that is either a disturbingly sexualized infant or a dismayingly infantilized adult. At the end of the song... Yeah, there's no good interpretation. Yeah, at the end of the song, the singer instructs, in, instructs the listener to pat, pat, pat her on the butt, but she's gone to sleep, be quiet. I wanna tickle your feet Drop you in your little tub Wash your body and shampoo your hair Be careful not to sting your eyes When it's night I'll put you in your bed On your head, I want to pick you up, rock you back and forth, and make you smile. I want to hold you close for a while. <laughs> and this, and, and the song isn't sung by Brian, although Brian's voice was pretty shot by this time. It's sung by, like, Dennis Wilson, who, I mean, Dennis, like, done some really good vocals. Um, But, like, by 76, his voice was even more shot than Brian's was. I mean, he was like... (laughs) No, he wasn't that bad. Like, he made his great solo album in 77, Pacific Ocean Blue. But uh, I saw a clip of him, like, right before he died in 1983. It was in some Beach Boys documentary. And he's on stage, and he's introducing... The song uh, "You Are So Beautiful" uh, by Billy Preston. I think Joe Cocker had a hit with, uh, and he's apparently the uncredited co-writer of that song. But he literally, you know, uh, the character Marty Funkhauser in Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> portrayed by the, yeah, the yeah. late Bob Einstein. Um, hey, Larry, Larry, <laughs> I've rededicated my life to Judy. He literally, his voice is so <laughs> fucking shot that he literally sounds like uh, Marty Funkhauser. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, I I appreciated you know being reminded of the great Bob Einstein, but like, <laughs> fuck man, Dennis was like, he's like the only handsome guy in the group. Like, you see, you see footage of them when they were young. 
they look like shit. Like, they look absolutely terrible. Like, Mike Love. It's like, must be like 20. Already fucking bald. Like, fucking <laughs> looks awful. Like, awful Mike Love. I mean, he's just awful. But, you know, <laughs> Carl and Al Jardine look like weird little goblins. Carl Wilson, that is. Um, Brian, you know, Brian looks all right. Got a little bit of a weight problem already, but you know, it's lovable. Everyone loves Brian. Dennis is just handsome. Um, is there anyone else? No, I think those are, those are like the original guys. I guess there's David Marks as well, who looks weird as fuck. Uh, but any, but anyway, yeah, like Dennis was like he was the only one who was like attractive, and then as it got, got on, he was the only one who looked cool. <laughs> so like, he was like literally the only like with his like long hair and beard and stuff. Although they all had beards, that's kind of a funny thing. Like these guys were done so dirty by like uh, to coming up as like this conservative kind of like. We're saying about pure American values kind of thing, because they all had to wear these terrible clothes and have awful <laughs> yeah. short haircuts, men. You know, like, even Mike Love looks a bit better when they start, like, I say, taking drugs. I think Mike Love only ever had a little, <laughs> little bit of experiment, experimentation with the weed. But, you know, once once it got to, like, the late 60s, they could all, like, grow beards and stuff. And, like, you know, it's a classic thing. They all grow beards. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, they're not that weird now, you know. <laughs> it's the natural progression. You start taking drugs, you stop shaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, like, Dennis was, uh, you know, kind of a tragic figure. Because he started off as, like... He was a drummer of a band. He wasn't really a big part of their famous harmony sound. Um, he did get to be a very good singer. And then, yeah, kind of blew his voice out because he like drank so much, did a load of blow and smoked mm. all the time and so on. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, um, he he like obviously like developed a lot as a songwriter and stuff. But yeah, you know, he was always kind of like the wild man of the group. And he was the guy in the band who was tight with Charles Manson. <laughs> and you know, he was scared of Charles Manson, obviously. Um, As one he would was be. one of many people who was manipulated, um, psychologically abused by Charles Manson. So basically, like, uh, and, and financially taken advantage of. That was, like, the main thing. <laughs> like, the Manson family moved into Dennis Wilson's house. <laughs> And eventually Dennis couldn't take it anymore. So he just moved out of his own house. Like still like either he owned it or he continued paying the rent. Like he didn't kick them out of the house. He just moved. Yeah, he's just like, okay, I'm just going to uh, quietly like pack. Just just not even like pack my things. Just walk out of the house and set up shop somewhere else. I'm rich, I can buy new things, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, 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 and apparently you know, apparently he was very, like, blasé about all the money and stuff, he didn't care that much about that, but, like, he, um, once it came out that Manson had been responsible for the Tate LaBianca murders, or Manson's family, at least, and Manson himself indirectly, like, Dennis was like, they're gonna whack me next, you know, I'm like <laughs> he was like fuck I am like the epitome of like the showbiz culture that rejected Manson that he's just burning with resentment for now um and he was like I know Charlie's got people on the outside who could whack me you know 
Um, of course, it didn't happen, but apparently he was looking over his shoulder for, for like, quite a long time. <laughs> it really kind of fucked him up. And he even before, like, it, it they were actually charged with the murders. I think, yeah, he suspected maybe that they'd had something to do with it. Because, you know, he, like, met these two or three women. Yeah. And he was just like, oh. I know some creepy weirdos. Yeah. He was like, oh, great, these women want to have sex with me. Brilliant. And they did. He wasn't wrong, but then they were just like, oh, look, there's, he, this is our guru, Charlie. You should meet him. He's a cool guy. Um, and they met. he met Charles Manson. And apparently, I think, okay, this may just be like from this like tacky made-for-TV Beach Boys biopic from the 80s that I watched. But like in that, <laughs> in that I'm sure very reliable and accurate historically film, he's like, he meets Charles Manson and he's like, Oh shit, are you going to hurt me? And Charles Manson's like, Do I look like I'm gonna hurt you? And it's like, Yeah! <laughs> yeah, you fucking do! Like, you're one of the most terrifying people ever. But anyway, I guess they, they hung out a bit after that. And um, Manson actually ended up being the uncredited writer of a song on a Beach Boys album. Uh, on the album 2020, <laughs> the song. Never Learn Not to Love, snappy title, uh, was actually an adaptation of Charles Manson's song Cease to Exist, with minimal differences. I mean, the song still features the line Cease to Exist, which, to be honest, I mean, it's a very creepy title, but it's a better title than Never Learn Not to Love. (laughs) Come on. Boys uh, 2020 album but apparently um, because Dennis Wilson was credited as the sole writer of that song uh, no credit whatsoever for Manson Manson used that as a way to extort more money out of Dennis Wilson it's like come on man you you (laughs) owe me Um, so yeah they were pretty tight Um, and Dennis eventually drowned in 1983 I don't believe it was suspicious circumstances. I think he was just fucking wasted. Yeah. And he he was the beach boy as well who actually liked the beach. Like, he could actually surf. (laughs) Like... The one who wasn't a poser. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Brian Wilson, like, he didn't like the beach. He liked music and so it's like the other guys are like hey brian this surfing fad is really a big thing with the kids you should write about about surfing and he's like oh gee okay what did stuff you have your board and woo, and then sure enough your sun and waves exactly and... chart magic happens um but dennis wilson actually 
loved surfing and uh yeah the like the first fucking like hour of this biopic is just like young dennis crushing mad pussy just like him <laughs> him being a, a real like lothario and brian's just like well gee i'm a nerd but i'm a sensitive genius <laughs> uh, and then yeah mike love as well is always it's so funny how they how much they play into like the archetypes of the characters apart from like carl or i mean is i I can't really tell you anything about like carl wilson's personality or whatever i like a lot of the songs he sang (laughs) with the beach boys he had a beautiful voice but i mean maybe the fact that he is barely a character in the film says something about his like his charisma (laughs) but um mike love in the film is just always like I'm a bald asshole. Like it's just like there's the scene where they're doing a photo shoot on the beach, uh, and Mike Love is just uh, Mike Love makes some crack about how it's always like session musicians playing on their records or something, and Dennis is like, "Hey, at least I know how to surf. Let's have a surf off right now, Mike." And Mike Love's like, oh, "I can't now. Um, maybe later." And Dennis does a surf, does a surf, and it's like, oh, what a bald asshole Mike Love is. <laughs> 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 There's a lot, a lot of, mo- <laughs> a lot of moments like that. And have you seen the the classic picture of Mike Love with Trump? Uh no. Oh wait, I think I. No, no, I'm thinking of Johnny Rotten <laughs> being very pro-Trump. Oh, he is pro-Trump. I don't think I've seen. I'll get the Mike Love pick now. Hang on. Um. Cause yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Mike Love is a re- okay yeah i see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah mike love is a republican him and bruce johnson uh bruce johnston who like so bruce johnston joined the beach boys in 1965 as brian wilson's touring repra- replacement uh and apart from most of the 70s he's been with them ever since um to the point that now he and mike love are the only people in the touring act known as the beach boys who could legitimately be considered beach boys they did do a reunion (laughs) in 2012 they did i think a 50 date tour and an album called that's why god made the radio uh for which they got back together with original members brian wilson and al jardine plus david marks who was in the band for like a couple of minutes in the 60s then at the end of 2012, Mike Love announced a new set of tour dates without consulting Brian Wilson with his own band featuring Bruce Johnston and none of the other people who could by any reasonable measure be considered Beach Boys. And Brian Wilson was just like, <laughs> uh, it's kind of upsetting to me that Mike Love has fired me and Al Jardine from the Beach Boys. <laughs> and so then they kind of they like split. And they're all like fucking 70 by the time this happens. And Mike Love's like, I didn't fire him from the Beach Boys. I simply elected to tour with a different group of musicians under the Beach Boys name, which I own, thus prohibiting Brian Wilson from doing so. It's like, oh, that's okay then. Like, so they split into two factions and, like, Al Jardine and David Marks went on tour with Brian Wilson (laughs) and, uh, while Bruce Johnston continued to tour with Mike Love. Uh, and there was another thing where, like, they played some, like, Trump supporters murder animals festival 2018 or something. (laughs) 
some hunting convention, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian Wilson slams Beach Boys for playing trophy hunting festival, <laughs> trophy hunting convention. Mike Love outfit will play the <laughs> Safari Club International event where Donald Trump Jr. will also speak. So not even like the the real deal there. Not even like ag- actual <laughs> the Trump. man himself. Trump Jr. D- has not inherited his father's yeah. rhetorical flair. No, none of his children really have the same charisma. <laughs> no, there's yeah, they suck. This in this organization, Brian Wilson says, supports trophy hunting, which both Al Jardine and I are emphatically opposed to. Wilson wrote on Facebook. There is nothing we can do personally to stop the show, so please join us in signing a petition on change.org. So they, they, li- they literally, I mean, I get this kind of sad, actually. It's like kind of shows how powerless Brian Wilson is against like the the, the corporate might of Mike Love. Uh, but he's like, again, just like one of us is like, no war in Ukraine. Here's a change.org petition. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> just that like powerless. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if all the Beach Boys stayed away <laughs> from those who kill for fun? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a statement, Love defended the Beach Boys' decision to play there, saying, "We look forward to a night of great music in Reno, and as always, <laughs> support freedom of thought and expression as a fundamental tenet of our rights as Americans." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, how cute! Not the mic that, not the mic that we've discussed the most on this podcast, but we've definitely we've talked about him a few times. Grant had a good joke about like in fact, Grant's <laughs> had like a couple of good Mike Love jokes. Weirdly, for you know, don't always think Grant classic rock guy, but he certainly knows about the like Mike Love being a fucking prick thing. Because uh, like I was talking about, there's this interview from the nineties which uh, Uncut magazine published, which is just fucking amazing. You can find it online, but it's like Brian Wilson, like soon after I think breaking with Eugene Landy uh, and f- finally regaining some semblance of control over his own life in the nineties, he was like slagging off the other Beach Boys and saying that they're like mean to him and don't care about him, like getting pretty out there. And then he just randomly is just like, you know my secret to it all? I never have sex. (laughs) I never masturbate. (laughs) It's like, and he goes into this whole like fucking Jordan Peterson-esque like no fap thing about how it like enhances your consciousness and like it's it's wild I I genuinely can't do justice to like this moment but Geraint was like gotta preserve our precious bodily fluids (laughs) yeah well Geraint was like well as the evil alternative to Brian Wilson Mike Love (laughs) presumably is just wanking all the time (laughs) it's like that's how he gets his evil like (laughs) just like pumping it out of him he just his semen like just brings a fresh wave of like bad vibes into the world (laughs) (laughs) somebody like somehow smells it distantly and goes off to shoot an animal (laughs) that's endangered and somebody else is just like i'm gonna sue brian wilson (laughs) (laughs) and geraint's other good mike love joke I think it was a more recent one, but it was about how Dennis was hanging out with Charles Manson. And he was like, 
where it must have beaten hanging out with Mike Love. (laughs) 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 It's great stuff. But, you know, it's interesting because now now the Beach Boys have split into these two factions, the the Wilson-Jardine faction and the Love-Johnston faction. And you, you think, well, maybe there's kind of a... Is this like a liberal conservative divide? Now, I don't think that Brian Wilson thinks about politics in that way. I think it's more of an apolitical conservative divide in the Beach Boys. As far as I know, like Dennis wasn't... Although I talk about a Mike Love political song from 1971 in a minute, actually, which is a an interesting case, which I know Dennis said he was appalled by, repulsed or something like that. So maybe Dennis did have some... Uh, progressive political views um but you know i think it's mainly in the beach boys you have the out and out conservatives and you have the people who aren't really political um yeah (laughs) now i would tend to put al jardine in the not really political camp and he's certainly allied in this power struggle with brian wilson at least in recent years however Jardine made his first appearance with the Beach Boys touring band in more than 10 years in 2011 at a tribute concert for Ronald Reagan's 100th birthday. Oh, God. (laughs) There's also an album from the late 90s. Let me find this. I think I don't think Al Jardine was involved in this one, actually. But this is just like such a good example of like the lowest common denominator level that Mike Love's Beach Boys are working at. It's an album called Mike Love, Bruce Johnston and David Marks of the Beach Boys Salute NASCAR. (laughs) 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 And it's just them like re-recording old Beach Boys hits, you know, the ones about surfing and that, not any of the innovative stuff from Pet Sounds (laughs) and like that shit. Um, Re-recording that, but I guess presumably with like shitty late 90s production, (laughs) like I can't imagine how you would like possibly improve on on how um, Brian Wilson produced those record recordings back in the day, you know? Uh, Yeah. There's been a few things I'm pretty sure where, like, like Mike Love put out a double solo album a couple of years ago, which is like, you thought you were ready for a Mike Love solo album. How about (laughs) double? He put it was like it had one disc of brand new Mike Love material, which I mean, you know, gotta give it to Mike, like. Uh, you know he's getting on a bit having putting out a whole record of material this is 2017's unleash for love by the way um <laughs> nothing to be sniffed at anyway put, putting together all those new songs songs such as daybreak over the ocean which actually was on the beach boys reunion album in 2012 and is a shitty song
crescent moon, cool head, warm heart. for love <laughs> and finally make love not war and then there's, there's a second disc. getting a lot of mileage out of his name isn't he yeah <laughs> a second disc which is disc two mike love slash beach boys re-records so you have here either beach Boy. these are all beach boys songs i don't know why they put mike love slash beach boys re-records because there is not i was gonna say so you either have, again, Mike Love and his current backing musicians, who are probably really cheap and not in a union, <laughs> for sure. Um, like, Mike Love and his current backing musicians re-recording classic songs that are already perfect, and are of their time. You're not going to improve them by adding modern production techniques or whatever, and if you're just going to record from how they sounded in the 60s, then why you still have a record yeah. yeah so you either have those or inexplicably resurrecting older songs from mike love's very negligible solo career which consists prior to 2017 of one album plus two records with a band called celebration in, in the late 70s who, who's <laughs> in 1979 mike loves band celebration released the album celebration followed shortly by the album disco celebration which i guess gives some <laughs> some idea of their their musical leanings but no there's not actually any re-recordings of, of mike love solo classics on that <laughs> uh Anyway, he's subsequently to that released two further solo albums, both in 2018 and 2019. Reason for the Season and 12 Sides of Summer. 
just being on a roll then yeah yeah i know <laughs> and it was like Mike, the album Mike Love Not War was just like on the shelf for decades, but I think that was the first disc of Unleash for Love. I think I think that's what that was supposed to be. Look, I've not listened to these records. I probably won't unless I I really think it would be like more comedy than torture if if I decide. <laughs> um, you gotta suffer for your art. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gotta suffer for Mike Love's art. Mike loves art. Yeah, people, other people must suffer so that Mike Love can make his art by by having to listen to it. Uh, look, I don't even hate Mike Love's singing voice. I mean, it's probably shit now. I can't think what he sounds like as, as an old man, but like you know, his kind of nasal vocals were you know they were kind of the fun aspect of some of the Beach Boys records back in the sixties and early 70s he even wrote a couple of good songs uh big sir is a pretty good song although it has a line uh about a golden dawn which given uh his his politics these days <laughs> makes you think uh, uh what did he know how plugged in was he to to the greek far right at that point in time did he know about the coup that was about to happen uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the thing about Mike Love's solo albums is just like Buffett has already made an art of this stuff, so why do you need Mike Love? Yeah. <laughs> like, you got the Beach Boys doing good Beach Boys music. Well, well alright, you haven't anymore. You did. <laughs> you had Once a upon point. a time. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. crystallized, you know, they're, they're preserved in amber, Beach Boys doing good Beach Boys music. Um, and you have Buffett doing good Buffett music. Why do you need a Beach Boy doing Buffett music? I don't. I don't understand. Buffett without the grit, the the humor, the ingenuity, <laughs> the Mike Love songwriting contribution to the Beach Boys that I wanted to talk about. Although I'd probably say Big Sur is my favorite song that he wrote for them, not counting uh, his various collaborations with Brian Wilson, which, look, a lot of them were written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love added some shit on the end, like, good night, my baby, sleep tight, my baby. <laughs> you know, lyrical genius, very much worth suing his severely vulnerable and mentally ill cousin over. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so he also wrote this song, uh, it's collabor credited as a collaboration with uh, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. I think those are the names. I'm I I'm not looking up hand, but basically those guys were like 50s brill building songwriters who, yeah, like Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who like co-wrote Hound Dog and shit. You know, they wrote like big 50s songs. You know, like 500 right. fucking songs they wrote. But Love didn't actually get together with these guys. It's like on a different Beach Boys album, uh, Al Jardine has a co-write with uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. Like they didn't, <laughs> I don't think they were in the same room, you know. 
I don't think he'd even be in the same room as Sebastian back. Very different musical sensibilities. Uh, <laughs> Beach Boys hair metal album. Uh, if that's in, <laughs> if that's in the vaults, keep it in the vaults. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not everything needs to see the light of day. <laughs> exactly. There is an excellent Beach Boys uh, reissue program. With they've, they've been putting out a lot of rare and uh, previously unreleased stuff over the last few years, actually.